You're about to listen to a message by Pastor Ikenna Okeke of the Father's Church. This message will challenge, encourage, and propel you to fulfill your purpose and live that life that God originally designed for you as revealed in His Word. Be blessed as you listen. Okay. How many of us know that we as believers are in a constant battle? Okay. Part of the things that are saying, you know, concerning what's happening in Israel is where did they fail in their intelligence? I've been to Israel, for those of us who have been to Israel, they live in a perpetual state of preparedness. They don't rest. In Israel, what we call slave queens in Nigeria, and what slave queen, what's the other name? For those people that take pictures and bend like this. Anyway, in Israel, if you see an 18-year-old girl, she's a commando. She can wipe out 200 people. Some of the most guarded places we went to, if you see them, teenagers, but armed to the teeth, trained. In their physical life, they don't know what is called holiday. And I think what may have happened to them, you know, recently there's been this issue of um, the president was trying to pass a law that there was some division. There were, you know, I think that was what distracted them. Praise God. Now come with me to Luke chapter 4. And um, I'll read, I actually need just two verses there. Or maybe i just read the two verses I need. Verse 12 and 13. From verse 1 tells us about the temptation of our Lord Jesus. And what happened is that um, after the baptism of our Lord and Savior Jesus, the Bible said he was led of the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. How many of us have pondered on that statement? At the baptism of our Lord and Savior Jesus was when God the Father spoke and said, This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. And after that statement, you thought it would be a love feast. Praise the Lord. You know, we read the Bible and we read ourselves out of the Bible. You should read yourself in the Bible. Because some of us that are wondering what is going on, you should know what is going on. Jesus said to John the Baptist, or rather John the Baptist said to Jesus, you have no need to be baptized. And Jesus said, permit it to be so, for thus it is fitting to fulfill what? All righteousness. So he obeyed beyond the requirements. And the father said, I'm pleased with you. And then the next thing, the Holy Spirit, who is the, you know, part of the Trinity, God the Holy Spirit said, okay, next thing on the agenda is that I take you into the wilderness to be tempted of who? Of the devil. Why does the devil come in here? Now, some of you are asking questions concerning what you're experiencing. And that is your answer. Praise the Lord, somebody. God is so pleased with me. Or, you know, I, I know I'm in Christ. I'm doing what I should do. I'm loving him. We have a wonderful thing going on. Why are things the way they are? The Bible says, as many as are led of the Spirit, say these are or they are the sons of God, right? And you know you've been led of the Spirit. You took that decision. You refused that decision. You made that offer. You refused that offer. You made that choice because you were being led of the Spirit. And then you're wondering, why are things the way they are? You're in the wilderness, led of the Spirit to be tempted by the devil. Praise the Lord. When you go to get your PhD, we have a few people here who have their PhDs or their masters and all of that. After you have done all the work that you should do, what's the final thing they do? There's a defense. Isn't it? They call you and then a panel does what? What do they do? They want to authenticate that you have what they expect you to have. I get what I'm saying. So, the challenge is the way you read it. Led of the Spirit to be tempted of the devil. One of the translations, you know, captured it better. It said, led of the Spirit 
into the wilderness to be tested. And the way the Spirit of God explained it to me, it says to be authenticated. So if they want to authenticate you, if they want to certify you, or another way we can say, led of the Spirit into the wilderness to be what? Certified. So the devil himself. You know, at Jesus' betrayal and the crucifixion and all of that, they couldn't even find a lie to tell against him. All the accusations couldn't hold. Why? Because he had authenticity. The devil checked him out and there was nothing. He himself said, what? The prince of this world comes and what? Finds nothing in me. So the reason you're passing through there is so that the devil will not say, you know, Satan accused God when it was the case of Job. He said, does Job serve God for nothing? How many of us have said, Lord, I love you, whatever. How many of us have said that? Those who haven't said that won't go through anything. No. Because the devil won't even bring up your name. But as many as have fallen on their knees and in tears, in devotion, in worship, you are my all, you are everything to me. And you know, I just love you. They will authenticate you. They will certify you. That's what happened. Praise God. So he was led of the spirit into the wilderness, Matthew 4.1, to be authenticated. To be examined by the devil. Praise God. Okay. So, as the thing went on and went on, I I, I want to do 12 and 13 here in Luke 4 now. Help me read. And Jesus answered and said to him, It has been said, you shall not tempt the Lord your God. 13, let's read 13 together, everyone. Now, when the devil had ended every temptation, he departed from him, full stop. He departed from him, how? Until an opportune time. Now, now, now. I need you to take a break again now. Okay? And look at your life. The devil tested Jesus. And Jesus, you know, a greater than Daniel, got ten times better. Excelled in every way. And the devil did not give up. What did I say? He didn't give up. The Bible said he left him, what? Until an opportune time. So what it meant was that in spite of our Lord Jesus' performance, the devil was still checking him out from time to time to see whether he will have an opportune time. Brethren, over time, I've realized that there's a very important aspect of our lives, or better still, aspect of this battle that we are in, that we do not give the due attention and consideration. And we began actually to touch a bit of it at the throne room meeting on Friday. For those of us who were in there, God bless you. For those who were there, they are blessed already. But for those who were in there, you'll get the catch-up version. Praise the Lord. We began to say that our Lord Jesus, as though he knew how important he was, kept telling you and I, kept telling you and I, kept telling you and I about the importance of consistency, of persistence, of not giving up. He spoke in the parable, Luke 18 verse 1. He says, and he told them this parable, that men ought always to pray and not to faint. It's not enough that you pray. It is necessary that you continue to pray and continue to pray and continue to pray. Praise the Lord. He also told another parable, which was the one we looked at in particular in Luke 11, telling us about a friend who went to another friend at midnight trying to get some loaves to, you know, attend to his guests. He said, the conclusion of that part said, this friend would not give him the loaves Because he was his friend. Have you imagined that? I can't think of that. I think whatever I get from you is based on relationship. But he said, no, sometimes it takes more than relationship. He said he gave it to him because of his persistence. And he said, so I, Jesus, say to you, believer... Is it a wonder I'm not entering into the fullness of what God has for me? Is it a wonder that we are not experiencing the totality of God's provision for us? 
when we push a little and we faint, when we do a little and we go back. He said, I tell you, this friend, that's Luke, thank you. He said, so I say to you, though he will not rise. Do you see that? Because he is his friend. Though he will not do it for you because you are a Christian. Though, but that is not God. I get it, Mina. Though the relationship, though the association, though that the covenant, just an extreme illustration. Because of that, he said, yet because of his persistence. What do you think about that? He said he will rise and give him as many as he needs. How difficult is that? That's a simple revelation. Praise the Lord. In Ephesians chapter 6, 10, 11, 12, we'll just read 10, 11, 12, but where I'm going to is verse 12. Talking about our warfare, spiritual warfare, it says, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. It says, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. He said, for we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Now, there are few cases where I find in the message translation, you know, a deep revelation. Of, I, I like message because it simplifies, you know, it puts it in everyday language, most of the things, you know, when you read, compare the version. But in, in this particular verse, message caught the depth of what the Spirit of God is saying. And I want you to come there with me. Now, you see, what happens to all of us is that we think our fight with the devil is a football match. So, I come on Sunday between 9 and 12 p.m. and I fight the devil. Are you with me? Or I come at Friday or even every day of my life by 4 a.m. to 5 a.m. or whatever time, I go in battle against the devil. In that my prayer hour or in that fellowship hour or whatever time. And then when I finish, the referee blows the whistle. Phew! And then the battle is over. And then, you know, as footballers do, when the match is over, they just shake and hug. Everybody goes. That's what many of us think. So you come, you fight it. We come, we pray. Maybe the pastor is led or the minister is led. And we are praying and we pray and pray. And you go deep in the spirit and pray. And then when the service is over, you just get up and say you finish. Look at what the Bible said. It said this is no afternoon athletic contest. That will walk away from. <laughs> and forget about in what? Isn't that what we do? When you finish the meeting, you feel high. Then you start going. You say, the meeting is over. Okay? He said, this is what? It's for keeps. He said, it's a life or death fight to the finish. Now, I have told this story several times. But I have some new, you know, we have some new brethren here. Let me tell you this story. I don't normally fight. I can remember a few fights in my life. But there's Elizabeth of Ekulu Primary School. If you're taking notes, you need to take her name. Number one, she was half cast. Okay? So, and she used to sit behind me in class. I don't know what happened. But I got into a fight with her. And I think I beat her. You know, I'm a, a boy, she's a girl. So I think I beat her. And then the fight was over. The teacher settled. I sat down. I will sit down to write like this. Somebody will jump from my back or my neck. They will separate. She will sit down. I want to write again. Somebody will jump from my back or my neck again. That fight didn't finish you. <laughs> Listen, when you see me avoiding trouble, I remember Elizabeth. Uh, did I say bitter? I begged her. Fine. Do you understand what I mean? The fight never ended. She gets on my neck again. We try to separate her. She'll sit down. When everybody's calm and there's chance again, she jumps. <laughs> Brethren, the devil is worse than Elizabeth. He takes no prisoners. He does not go on break. If you take anything from this service, 
Know that the devil does not go on break. Some of us here watch Big Brother. He doesn't go on break. Once you open your eye to put your eye on Big Brother, he will enter. It's connection. People don't understand Christianity. You think it's there, you watch a dove, 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 dove. Then you switch and watch useless, useless, useless. Once useless enters, let me tell you, if you have a gallon of water clean, that is a, a Gigi, what's that a water again? Caslad, okay. If you have a bottle, you know, one liter, ten liters of Taslad, purified water, as clean as it is and as much as it is, if they add for you, you know, just, just a little urine or just some, you know, some malamphysis, and just a little, not a lot, and put it in there. Will you come back the next day and take the water and drink? What has happened? But it's just a little. Are you hearing me? It's, it's just a little fall. It's just, uh, you're too serious. How many have people said you're too serious? Just a little fooling around. Are huh? uh, you not a human being? Just relax now. Relax. When they say relax, the devil says opportune time. The scores in this fight are not counted in 45 minutes. They are counted for every day you leave. Praise the Lord. They are counted for every day you leave. You say this is for keeps. They don't finish, you know, the, the Spirit of God was just trying to help me understand so I can communicate to you. He said it's not a monopoly game that when they finish, all the money is put in the box and closed. You know when you play monopoly, somebody can be a millionaire and you're, you know, you don't have anything. When the game is over, what happens? They put everything back. You people drink, you know, uh, soft drink and eat meat pie. The game is... He said, this is for keeps. What you lose is lost. You will not lose anymore in Jesus' name. Because many Christians, you see, we should have been high up there. But just like also happened to many of us when we were in the university, we didn't know that grading was cumulative. In fact, I think it changed either in my session. When I went to the university, that was uh, 86 to... To 90, there's what they called Almighty June, and then there's the final year. So I think final year carried about 60% of your aggregate. So you can actually get to university and fool around for three years, which is what I did. And then in your final year, you just read a lot and get the whole 60%. Now, they'll change it to what is called continuous what? Assessment. And that's what affects a lot of our children when they travel abroad. From the very first class... You come into class, the teacher teaches something. At the end of that class, he runs a simple test that everybody can get 10 over 10 in. If you miss that 10 over 10, you sit in the final report. It's a continuous assessment. Child of God, Christianity is more than a continuous assessment. The devil that we are fighting does not retire. There's no time we say, okay, all right, oh, oh, yeah, let, let's get ready. Let's go and fight with the devil. No. He's always fighting us. That's why the Bible says this is no afternoon athletic contest that we walk away from. The moment you become a Christian, is on. And the news, let me not call it good or bad, is that this fight never ends until you enter into glory. But the good news about it is that grace multiplies. Praise the Lord. So God knows that as you go, the Bible says the path of the just is as what? It's as the shining light. What does it do? It says it shines brighter and brighter and brighter. So God is releasing more grace to you as you go forth. But if you don't understand, you will think that more grace is for relaxation. More grace is because like they say, the higher you go, the what? The bigger the devil. God knowing that you're going to meet such also increases you. But now, are you aware that this is where you are? You know, somebody said, when would they start putting Nigerian quotes on Google? I get them before, no be. I did beat them well, well for secondary school. So some alumni, they, they had a meeting. And then there was this guy that met another person. Ah, I used to beat this guy well, well before. The guy that was talking, I think he was a lecturer somewhere. The guy he used to beat is now a general. I beat him well. Nah, I, I, I know beat him again. <laughs> we don't even meet for school. Do you understand? Yesterday's victory can't help you today. People say, Kokonko Jecharami. 
I used to, I used to, I used to. Some of us here, when you hear their tale of Christianity, rural rugged evangelism, rugged, no, upside down evangelism. Today, what is going on? And if you're not careful, you will think that is, you know, sufficing for now. No, it, it isn't. Our Lord Jesus, after that temptation, kept watching kept battling, kept resisting, and the devil kept coming. Peter was one of the vessels that was used to bring, you know, the temptation pro max. When Jesus said the son of man is going to be betrayed and be handed into the hands of sinful men, he's going to be crucified and he's going to be buried. What did Peter say? Peter said, no, that's not the plan. You are the son of God. And remember, Peter, a few minutes ago, has said thou the Christ, the son of the living God. So God was speaking through Peter. So, if God spoke through Peter, and then the same Peter is now speaking, saying, Jesus, there is a change of plan. Do you know that the response Jesus gave Satan was what he gave Peter? He said, get behind me, Satan. Because he was sensitive. Some of us, we have associations that somebody had been, you know, instrumental in the hands of God in the past, in your life. Then Satan commissions the person and he comes again, and you, all your guards are down. Why? Because God used this person. Ah, when we were young, God used to use this person to direct us. You don't know where he is now. Your guts are down. He comes like Peter again and says, let's go out fishing. What's this Christianity? Leave this matter. Say, let's go to where they, they wash eye. This suffering is too much. Let's go where we submit our ATM cards and bring some coconuts that the man of God may breathe on it. And you will know that my God is a Do you understand what I'm saying? No, no. It's a continuous battle. He wants to come after us. If he failed yesterday, you know, I don't know. I don't know how to communicate this, but the Holy Spirit will help us. You know, that you may catch the spirit. Because if you catch it, my work is done. I don't know how I would go against an enemy and this enemy defeats me. Square, triangle, rectangle, everywhere. And then I plan to go back. I have not increased my strength. The devil doesn't get better. Do you know that? The devil doesn't get stronger. Do you know that? He's not the same yesterday to them forever, but God has kept him the same. Are you with me? So if he isn't going to get stronger, why is he going to go back? Somebody should have an answer. You know why? He's expecting you to get weaker. He's expecting you to create an opening. That's why the Bible says, do not give a foothold to the devil. The devil has been defeated though. Praise the Lord. Yes, Jesus defeated him completely. So the moment you become a Christian, you're actually seated in heavenly places, far above principalities and powers. But you can come down. That's the challenge. You can come down. And why do you come down? You come down because you don't know the war is still on. He's still trying to recover. He's still trying to take back whatever thing that he lost. And if you're not mindful, if you're not minded, it's going to be so easy for him to get that. Come with me to 2 Samuel chapter 11, please. If we're there, I'd like you to read for me verse 1 and maybe verse 1 and 2. Okay, let's read together, everyone. It happened in the spring of the year, at the time when kings go out to battle, that David sent Joab and his servants with him, and all Israel, and they destroyed the people of Ammon, and besieged Rabbah. But David remained at... Verse 2, then it happened one evening that David arose from his bed and walked on the roof of the king's house. And from the roof he saw a woman bathing, and the woman was very beautiful to behold. We can stop here. He said he walked on the roof of the king's house. At that time, God's grace was that the king's house would be vacant. Are you hearing me? Now, the Lord said to tell somebody here, the reason... You and I do what we shouldn't do is because we have left doing what we should do. The first step in doing the wrong thing is that you were not occupied with the right thing. Did you hear me? It's not difficult doing the right thing. Or rather, it's not difficult not doing the bad thing. Hallelujah. No, the first step in doing the wrong thing. We're talking about, you know, just the same BB and some of the things people do. For, For you to have time, to watch some things you watch, you are not spending time doing the things you should do. I don't have time. 
you know, uh, I think it was uh, uh, Pastor Levy that was telling us, or was it? You come to church and Pastor Sharon say, okay, uh, we can't do this scripture, but when you go home, read chapters, this, this, and this. Do you hear that? How many of us do it? That's why you have time to watch. If every time you come, the other day, a few Sundays ago, I brought a scientific exploration here that, you know, was by the Spirit. I said, confirm it in the flesh. When we came back, I asked you, you didn't confirm. How won't you be watching BB? Because if you do what you should do, you realize that there is no time left in your hands. Are you getting me? If you look from your window and you see so special, or you read the news and you see the terrible things that are, and you're in the place of intercession and prayer, asking God for intervention, you won't have time for some things. The English people have said what? Idleness is what? It means you have to be idle for the devil to resume. Praise the Lord, somebody. The first step in doing the wrong thing. So where David missed it here wasn't just that he called Bathsheba. No. The first step here was that David sent Joab. Was Joab the king? What does the scripture say? He said it is when kings, not Joabs. It is the time when kings go out to battle. It's not the time kings send people. So the moment David sent Joab, he was out of line. And once you're out of line, the devil has power. Can I be free? Now I love you. That's not in question. So let me ask you. I mean, that, this is not what it's about, but it's a bit of it. What is it that you do that you can't come to church on Wednesday? Which meeting are you holding? Which meeting are you holding that you can't come for throne room once in a month? What busy are you? I mean, that's the least of what we're talking about, so you don't misunderstand me. Okay? I don't have well, I don't have well. I called somebody who does something for me yesterday. I, I wanted to see if he could do something for me. You know, a, a cobbler to help me do something. And he said, ah, ah, okay. I went for a wedding. I thought that with the way fuel is expensive now, you won't even go for a wedding. But you know, you still go to where you want to go to. It's only when it comes to the matters of life and death. But because there is no vision, the people cast off restraint. David was lounging when he should be warring. The grace upon the life of David was for war at that moment. He didn't have grace to walk on top of his house. So when he walked on top of his house, it was an opportune time. And Satan doesn't strike twice. Look at the progression. He saw a beautiful woman. Seeing, is it not enough? If you look now, won't you see beautiful women? You see, then you continue. You find your road and go. <laughs> but the one you see and ends up somewhere, ah, you're in the wrong place. You're doing the wrong thing. Do you get what I'm saying? You will have colleagues. You will have friends. Okay? If you're a lady, you have male friends. If you're a man, you have male friends, male colleagues, you know, male, male uh, associates that you deal with. But if as a Christian, you're not ministering to them as a witness of Jesus, then you automatically become a witness of the devil. Why will you be sleeping with your colleague if not that you have lost out completely your witness as a born-again Christian? It's not fornication. It is out of line. That's the first step. For you to do the wrong thing, you had ceased to do the right thing. With the type of wife I'm marrying, you should not have eyes for pretty girls. Don't you know? So you know what I do? When I see them, they must get born again. Because I don't want them to get born to me. I want them to get born to Jesus. So I preach everywhere. Anytime I have the opportunity. You must be born again so that there's nothing. Because if you don't do what you should do, you will do what you shouldn't do. And there is no off time. I hear him. No, no, no. The the devil doesn't understand. I was only joking. Oh, Lord. I've told us the story here. About a young boy. I think he was a six-year-old or seven-year-old. Who took the mother's credit card. And put the mother in debt of almost 20,000 pounds. He took iPad. He was just playing. Order. Ma'am. And you know what he ordered? He ordered food mat. Order um, aerosol. Order useless things. And they were bringing when the credit card company brought bill, Duma said, no, I, I didn't do this. They said, you did. You know, they investigated. The correct IP. You're, nobody, you know, hacked into your system. What happened? The little boy was just punching. You see, the computer does not understand who is punching. Once you say buy and it is saved, what will happen? They will sell. And, you know, the, their system there is very bad. If you don't have money, they'll give you credit. 
The problem, you know, why we're safe here is that if you put by, they say insufficient balance. <laughs> Do you understand? Insufficient balance, that one saves us. But they, you just put, they, you cannot be joking. You cannot be joking. So a friend of mine told me some time ago, he said, if you want to go to the deepest jail in the U.S., get to America and just shout, I'm a terrorist, I'm Obama. Or even just crack a joke or mention it. Even though they set your result, you know, your records of sorry and everything about, and find that there is nothing like that on you. For the joke, you go see Pepe. There are no jokes in this thing, sir. I hear me. There are no jokes in this thing, man. You know, some ladies, they get pregnant and then they get naked. You see, nudity is nudity. Whether you're pregnant for triplets, it's folly. I don't know. And Christians do that. And then tomorrow you say that uh, you're feeling something is doing you like this, is doing you like that. Why won't it do? You made an offer. They accepted. There's no break. They don't say, okay, because it's this, let's allow you. And, you know, the one that happened, maybe it's your birthday. And then that's when you want to wear skirt that will stop here. He says, I'm taking birthday pictures. You call it birthday. The devil calls it opportune time. Ah, these are my friends. I haven't seen them. So let me hang out with them. You, are, you as a man, you go. These people, they are practicers of iniquity. They don't go and break. You go with them. That's how they will lure you, lure you. Some of them even secretly will put something in your drink. So you get drunk and fool around with them. And they say, no, it's been a long time. Just for old time's sake, let me hang out with them. Did you for old time's sake bring them to church? Is somebody hearing me? You see, praise the Lord, brethren. It said the devil left the master, the son of God, for what? He didn't leave him permanently. That means he was looking around. Can I find let me define opportunity. It says it's a time or set of circumstances that makes it possible to do something. It means under normal circumstances, he can't do it. But he finds an opportunity. So normally, as you are now, you get by a lot of things. But not being aware, it says a time specially convenient or appropriate for a particular action. The devil is looking for that in my life. He's looking for that in your life. He's watching. Our Lord Jesus, trying to help us understand what we are talking about, said, I, you, all of us will give an account for every idle word. So almost the Christian is in a strait. You can't joke. If you want to joke, joke spiritually. I get what I'm saying. Oh, no, I love the word of God. How many love the word of God? The Bible in Ecclesiastes said, don't tell the angel you're only joking. Angels, don't, they don't have erasers. You say they record it. They, I think that's Ecclesiastes 5 or so. He said, if you go into the house, he said, don't go to offer the sacrifice of fools. He said, keep your mouth shut. Don't go and just keep talking. You can't go and just be saying anything. Any small thing between your, you and your husband. He said, I divorce you. That has taught us that. Divorce, enter your mouth. Divorce has never entered. In fact, it doesn't even enter my brain. Not to talk of entering my mouth. I don't want it. I don't wish it. I don't plan it. Do you understand what I'm saying? What are you threatening somebody with divorce for? Then when divorce happens now, you go to pastor. and say, hey, hey, but you ordered it. If you don't want it, don't call it. Don't call it. You're a spirit being. Praise the Lord. You say, I was angry. Let me ask you a question. If you live in a house and for one year, you're angry for six months. When the rent is due, do you tell your landlord, landlord, I'll pay for six months only. For the other six months, I was angry. You check into a hotel, and for the whole night you're angry. You wake up, and they tell you pay. You say, I can't pay. I came here to rest, but the whole night I was angry. It doesn't work. It's because you annoyed me. That's why I said it. If he annoys you or she annoys you or whoever, speak what you will hold on to. Speak what you can defend when you're calm. Don't open your mouth. Don't give the devil place. He's looking for place. Don't give the devil place. Something happens and you say, you're, you're just extrapolating. This pain I'm feeling is the type of pain that my great-grandmother had. And then when this pain went from here here, they cut off her hand and they cut off part of her ear. And they, that's what I'm feeling now. No, you're drawing a map. The devil is not that smart. But you're giving him secrets. Do you understand what I'm saying? No. If you want to imagine anything, the Bible says whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are noble, whatsoever things of good report, what is true, Jesus Christ is the way, the truth, and the life. Tell them that whatever they did to Jesus, he rose again. So there is nothing that you can do that can bury me. The worst you can do to me, you'll be taking me to glory. Is somebody hearing what I'm saying? 
There is no defeating the one who is in Christ. That is what is true. That is what is right. That is what you are assured of. Hallelujah. His blood runs in your vein. They say this is hereditary. Yes, it's hereditary. I inherit life from Jesus. Every month we come and we partake of the communion. We eat his body, we drink of his blood. So why should I be thinking what is in my family? I have a new family. Praise the Lord, somebody. Okay, so we want to be careful, brothers and sisters. We want to really open our eyes so that all these things will not happen. Let, let me show you Hebrews 6, 10, 11, and 12. You know, these are some things in the Bible that you find and you just marvel at God's mercy for telling us this. Hebrews 6, 10. Let's read it to everybody. It says, for God is not unjust to forget your work and labor of love, which you have shown toward beautiful. He said, in that you have what? Minister to the saints. Is that where it stops? And do what? What's the implication of that? The implication of that is that God is in an ever-present noun. God is the same yesterday. God is the same today. God is the same forever, right? So God, because he is the same yesterday, knows what you did yesterday. But God is acting now. So if God comes to reward you for ministering, and now you're not ministering, Help me answer. Waiting will happen. I used to. It says, in that you have what? Minister. Some of us were so generous. We're so faithful in our finances. We're so kind. You know, anything concerning the kingdom will bring one. Then now you have become wiser and poorer. In that you have ministered. Listen, God. The scripture we already read, uh, Proverbs 4.18. Can we go to that? We'll come back here. Proverbs 4.18. Give us the message translation, I believe. Thank you. Read it for me. It says the ways of right living people, they glow what? It says the longer they live, what? So if there was any good thing you used to do, sir, now you're living longer. You should be doing it more. Are you hearing me? You know, ah, you know those days, they used to deceive me everywhere I go. They just, no, they were not deceiving you. It was a grace God gave you. Are you with me? It was a grace God gave you. It said the longer they live, the brighter the word. Why will you be living longer and be getting dollar? The ways of right living people. Let's go back to the Hebrews. Okay. So it says, in that they have ministered and do minister, 11 and 12, please. It says, and we desire that each one of us show the same diligence, how? To the full assurance of hope. Until when? Until when? Until the end. You know why? That is the truth. If we don't push to the end, we don't get a result. You know, what this reminds me of a bit is, you know, I remember those days, the average African football team. We'll go into a match and then maybe first half, second half, you know, early into second half. We're leading 3-1 or 4-1 or something. All of a sudden, you start seeing them playing. They start playing. You know, they're no longer serious again. And what happens? Before the match is over, 4-2, 4-3, 4-4, then they get desperate and they lose the match. You know why? They did not hold fast to the end. It was television that helped us understand that when European clubs or, you know, uh, uh, those um, South American clubs, when they give you three, they target for ten. That's what happens. That's why you see some of their scores is 10-1. Because the moment they see that there's a loophole, they keep pushing. But we, when we just score, you see us. That time, that's when you see Okorocha do like this, do like this. Then they'll just replay. It's... And then we'll be clapping for them. We're in entertainment. When after the match, entertainment is over, the score remains. That's what we do. It says hold what? The confidence, diligence, as for assurance, until the end. Verse 12, let's read. It said that you do not become sluggish, but imitate those who through what? Faith and patience inherit the promise. That was sluggish there caught me. It talks about spiritually though. It talks about a low sensitivity. A low reaction to spiritual things. It doesn't move you again. So when they announce some things, you know, or when even the Holy Spirit just gives you a warning, you, you just don't respond because, I mean, you've been there, done that, you know, all, that, all of that. And there's a challenge there. Because we're told that those who were, who were following, they didn't get, they inherited the promise. It talks about a finish line. Praise the Lord. But even before I leave you, there was something I saw about that sluggish. Can you give us the Living Bible translation? 
Because incidental and unfortunate, that's where many of us are. The world and circumstances and situations have so buffeted us that this is where we are. 12. Let's read it, everyone. He says, then knowing what lies ahead for you, he says, you won't become, you won't become what? You won't become what? With being a Christian. That's it. This is where you get to and what excites you. And listen, I'm not preaching to you what hasn't come my way. Do you understand? And if anybody here is a serious Christian, you, you agree with what I'm saying. You get to a point as a Christian when the thing the word of God says doesn't really move you. So you need things to jack you up. If you have to come out this evening for, assuming there's praise night, if you have to come out this evening, then Sinai has to be coming. It's not that you're coming to praise God. Are you getting me now? If you have to do anything, then there has to be external influence. So prayer and God answering is not what you're actually looking for. You're looking for the additions. You want to pray and then look around and see that there are 7,000 people praying with you. You have become bored with the faith. It's the theatrics that is holding you. When the word of God comes, you know, you hear yeah, this is what the spirit of God is saying to you. But, you know, there is no razzmatazz coming with it. So you don't receive it with faith. Because the real thing, you have lost interest in it. So the pastors and the churches have to work hard at generating things to prop up, you know, bored Christians. So when you come, there is light. When you come, we change the arrangement of the chair. When you come again, we'll bring a comedian. When you come again, we'll bring a dancer. When you come again, we'll bring someone somersaulted. So, and we're telling you, next, today somebody somersaulted. Next time, somebody is going to do breakdance. That's the only thing that will make you come. You're no longer coming as coming to your maker. You're no longer coming as coming to your creator. You are bored because time. What must have happened to David? David had fought battles and fought battles and fought battles and won battles and won battles and won battles. So when it was time to fight, he said, let the boys go. You know what I'm saying? Let the boys go. Do you know how easy it is for me not to attend prayer meeting? You know, before I used to be the one to lead the pastor's prayer meeting. But now I attend the general prayer meeting and I'm not the one leading do you know how easy it is for me not to attend it? I'm the pastor now. And I have to, you know, engage at a different dimension. You understand what I'm saying? But let me tell you something. The grace of God that holds you is not carrying you from the head. It's carrying you from under. When you miss the foundation, you're going down. The more you miss the foundation, the downer you're going. I'm bringing some new English to you here. I'm bringing some new Englishes to you. Do you understand? As you miss the foundation, you're going down. If you're listening to me, and at a point in your Christian life, you used to attend midweek services. I want you to ask yourself, what has come over me? You have become a King David. Joab, go. What are you doing with that midweek? Scrolling on Facebook. Call somebody that doesn't want your call. Nah. Hey. How you doing? The traffic, eh? Chai. Today was something else. When heaven is bringing a word of inspiration, direction. Listen, the issue is that, oh, Lord have mercy. The Bible says, my people perish for lack of knowledge. Then in another place, say, where there is no vision, the people cast off restraint. It's because where you are now, you think you have arrived. Do you know where God wants to take you to? Do you understand? Let me ask you, how many secret Oboni people backslide? How many politicians in there still in backslide? When a politician steals as a counselor, he steals enough to become chairman, local government. When he steals as chairman, what is he stealing for? To become house of assembly or whatever. He steals that, he becomes governor. When he finishes that one, eight years finished, he pursues senator. When he finishes, he's pursued. Do you understand what I'm saying? Where, which other area of life do men backslide? Rise on your feet. If not that the devil is deceiving somebody. Which other area of life? In business. Somebody is doing business, is into this area of business. Then after some time, say, this volume of, you know, 200 million naira, 1 billion naira business. Let me just slow down. Let me start selling recharge card. Do they do that? Why is it in spiritual things that people backslide? Because there is an enemy. Because the devil is fighting you. He understands that it is the last score that counts. It's not I did it before. 
I get them before. I, I used to deal with the devil. I was kicking out demons anyhow. Now demons are playing uh, five aside in you. I want you to go to the Lord and say, Lord, restore me. Jesus, our Lord Jesus said, I have something against you. You have missed your first love. And for some of us, it's not even first love. For some of us, you're hearing this at a good time because you're beginning. You're young in the faith. I'm telling you my secret. From the time I got born again, by the mercy of God, I've never known holiday from spiritual things. Are you listening to me? I see young people now. In fact, I don't know how outside looks on Sunday. I don't know how outside looks Wednesday evening. Because for those days, for the past, from 1995 or 96 till now, I'm in church. Do you understand what I'm saying? Oh, Lord. Our time is gone, right? I want to tell you about somebody. In 2 Samuel 23, there is a man called, I think, Adino, the son of Dodo. Hmm? Now, the Bible said, talked about this man. He said there was a time, he was one of the three mighty men of David. He said there was a time that the enemies, the Philistines came against Israel. And all the children of Israel, you know, departed. They ran away. They escaped. So, only Adino, the son of Dodo, was left. And the Bible said he fought. What did I say? And continued to fight. And continued to fight. Second Samuel 23, verse 9. Thank you. 9 and 10. And continued to fight. And continued to fight. And then he became weary. So, when he became weary, what should happen? The enemy should kill him now. Isn't it? Only him fighting. Every other person has left. And he became weary. Surrounded by enemies. Look at verse 10. Read it for me. And did what? And then his hand became what? Hold on, hold on. Is Pastor Ken not telling you you won't become weary? Is he telling that sometimes, I told my wife, just be prepared because sometimes from that upstairs, I will come down, jump fence and go. Just go and eat meat pie and Fanta or banana cake that my sister I just eat it. You won't see me here. I get weary. I get tired. Sometimes I want to run away. But I realize that over time, as you get weary, you're no longer holding the sword. The sword is holding you. (laughs) You're no longer holding the sword. The sword is holding you. Because the conclusion of that is what? That the Lord will give great victory. And all he's looking for is who will I use? Who will I use? So don't listen to me and think this boy is a super boy because I'm a boy. Don't imagine that too fa- I want. I get tired, especially when it concerns financing. When I look at you and the type of money you're bringing and the type of money I know people here have, it gets very annoying. Pastor Chris, why did you make me leave business? I should have been doing my business and be bringing my own money. Listen, it gets weary sometimes. You know, just there's some things that will just discourage you. But I've learned that when you get so weary, <laughs> ah, how many of us taught children how to ride bicycle? At the time the child is holding the, listen, right? What do you do? You take your own hand and put upon the hand of the child. When you get weary, the hand of God holds you to the assignment. And you realize that when you're weak, then are you strong. Can I tell you the secret of men that have excelled in different areas of life? In music, in keyboard, in guitar and all of that. It is that they never had off time. Anything you do only when it's convenient for you. You will never become a master in it. Nobody will know your name because you sing when it's convenient. Because you go to church when it's convenient. The devil won't even bother with you. You will have no score there. But when they find a man who come rain or shine. Who come no house rent, no food on the table, nothing there. They are pressing on. Such men are no longer standing on their own. The armor of God is carrying them. How many want to say, Lord, hold me. Lord, carry me. I want you to talk to the Lord today. Say I'm that one. I enlist, Lord. From today, I receive the grace. I will no longer go off. I understand the nature of this battle. I understand that there are no off moments. I understand that I have an adversary who wants to fight me to death. Lord, today I thank you for the victory that you have already given to me. I will not play with it. I am born again. I have a future. I have an expected end. I will not discount it. I will not devalue it. 
I will not hold it lightly. Lord, give me the grace. Listen, somebody. I see great heights for you here. And many of us here, you have not touched where God wants to take you. In industry, in, you know, in every area, God has such high place. Remember, the commission is raise me men I can use. But men God will use must be consistent men. Not backsliding men. Not di- drifting men. It must be persistent men. You don't have to be too good. You just have to remain faithful. You just have to be in the number. He said, are you in the number? He said, when the Lord calls, are you in the number? Today, somebody saying, Lord, I don't know where I have missed it, but this is me. Thank you for what you did with Adino. Because even right now, I'm weary. Right now, I have issues. Right now, my body is weak. Right now, my finances are this. Right now, my business is in shambles. Lord, but you said you held on to the hand. Something got Adino's hand to hold on to the sword. Do it for me. Work your work in me. Work your work in me. Work your work in me. You are God. You can do it. Lord, I surrender. I give the devil no more opening into my life. This is a fight to finish. No Elizabeth will wear me out. I put my faith in you. Your grace abounds. The Bible says day by day, new mercies. So you made a mistake. There is mercy. You missed it before. There is mercy. Somebody needs to receive mercy and say, Lord, I admit I messed up. I missed it. I have backslidden, but restore me. Revive me. That's what the psalmist said. He said to the Lord, restore to me the joy of your salvation. I will not allow the devil take you. You are a giant in the faith. There is a glorious future for you. God has, you know how you started with the Lord. You're not stopping worse. You have to get better. You have to grow higher. You have to go deeper. I need somebody to cry out to the Lord. Because there's a restoration. There's a revival. Lord, take my sensitivity up. Some of us used to receive prophetic word from the Lord. Some of us used to see visions from the Lord. Some of us, God used to use us to do all kinds of things. But now the only thing you do is things that carnal men can do. Lord, restore to me. Revive me. Revive me. From today. Mazoka da da da. You've been listening to a message by Pastor Ike Naokeke of the Father's Church. We are sure you've been blessed. We invite you to worship with us at Eden Center, Barnex Guarimpa Expressway, near Next Kashinkari, Abuja. For telephone 09-290-9000 or 0703-1588404. You can find us online at www that the Father's Church Online dot org. God bless you.